Hey everyone, welcome to the High Vibe Human Podcast Redesigned. I'm your host, Lexi Ray, a human design reader and early childhood and family specialist. I am gifted in understanding human energetics, relationship dynamics, and family dynamics. I founded High Vibe Human with the intention to share the magic of human design in practice. We are all about raising your vibrations to connect with yourself on a deeper level. When we understand ourselves and the world around us, we are better able to show up and create the life we truly desire. I am so proud of you for being here. Let's heal together. Welcome back to another episode of the High Vibe Human Podcast Redesigned. Um, I'm your host, Lexi Ray. And yeah, so I wanted to um, drop in this week with another Oracle card pull for you guys. Um, I think that was a really fun way to start. Last episode, I didn't post an episode last week. I was going through just like a lot of, um, I was riding the emotional wave hard. (laughs) If you're an emotional being. Um, in your human design chart, that means that your emotional center is defined or colored in. And um, you might know what I am talking about riding the emotional wave. Um, It's been pretty heavy these past few weeks. Just like, I think I have a hard time absorbing or actually, I have a hard time not absorbing energies from just like everyone and with everything going on in the world right now, like, I just feel heavy. And I think a lot of other empaths are in the same boat. Um, so, yeah, we're powering through this week. And we're making the choice to put ourselves first. We're making the choice to be productive and create the life that we want to live. And you have to start with today. So that's what we're going to do. Um, Okay, so I'm going to get these cards shuffled. This is the same deck that I used last time. Uh, My favorite deck, Living with a Feather Heart. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes again as well if you guys want to get this one because it's beautiful. All right, let's see what we have today. This is one of my favorite cards in this whole deck. Um... It is, I am open to love in various forms. And this is going to segue great into what I want to talk about today. Um, I'm going to dive into my story and touch on some things that pertain to this. Wow. Okay, cool. Okay. So before I read this, um, page for I am open to love in various forms. I want everyone listening to close your eyes if you're able to and take a deep breath. Inhale through your nose. Exhale through your mouth. Okay, let's take a few more of those. One more. Drop into your body 
and listen to this without judgment from your mind. Listen to this and experience the words through your body instead of in your mind. I am open to love in various forms. Modern society tends to view finding love as one of the great pillars of achievement within a lifetime. A milestone and a miracle, so much emphasis is placed on this highlight of the human experience as a catalyst of completion. Some may go as far to say that when our, quote, one true love is found, so are we. However, love is something that is elemental, ever-present, and entangled in many different forms and feelings. I highlighted this from previous time that I've pulled this card, so I'm going to read that one more again. Love is something that is elemental, ever-present, and entangled in many different forms and feelings. The simplest and most complex seed of creative force, the various forms of love within a lifetime, are an, infin an infinitely evolving action, motion, subject, object, and understanding. Love is something that can be found and can become us. It is a being and a doing, and the indivisible, invisible, that takes root in the heart. Love's formless form can embody into fleeting treasures of feeling within time, and the reflections of love's light are experienced as refractions of reality's rainbow. Love can present itself as a touch, a tenderness, a kiss, or a caress. It is a nostalgic wave of memories from childhood or simpler times. It is a deep connection with a friend, lover, child, or pet. It can be felt for moments you've moved through. For where you've gone, for where you'll go, for where you've come from, and for where you are, for who you were and for who you've become. Love is an instinct. It is present for the family bound to you by bloodline and beyond. Love is an act of cultivation, and it can be nurtured for your chosen family who is bound to you by chance and conscious creation. Love can transform our vision of life, death, and the spaces in between dreams. Love is the sum of life's parts, both the median and the mean. It is the sun, moon, and stars of the cosmos within the heart. It is not something that is meant to complete you. It is the canvas of the human art. Embracing, I am open to love in various forms is about understanding, remembering, and embodying love's elements and transitions. It is the deep connection to love as an awareness to become and a detachment from love as a prize to be won or a thing to attain. While soulmates may be found along the path into being, the idealized human understands that each soul met is a match to the spirit of this embodied ideal, and love is the superlative 
superlative state of matter imbued with meaning. So the reason why I thought that this was a very appropriate card pull for today's episode is that um, I'm diving kind of into my story today and it focuses a lot around love and specifically like how society today has developed like a love addiction culture um, and especially in women Um, and yeah so let's get into it. Um, I, so like I said, modern society's view on love is very, um, like it's very much rooted in finding a partner and finding love. And like, that is your true life's purpose is falling in love and finding a partner and all this and that. When in reality, we find love in various forms it's not just with your partner yes that aspect of a human life like finding some type of partner whether it's romantic or platonic or both in our lives like no matter how long that relationship is those relationships are always very impactful and important in our human journey however society has put so much emphasis on that and especially in um like children's movies where princesses are always trying to find their prince charming or the literal whole movie is about finding their man or whatever it is finding your prince charming and like being from a household of with two parents both my parents you know are together still and I'm very fortunate and privileged to be um in a family like that but we've also experienced a lot of hardships and um like my parents were young when they had me and my sisters so going along with that like we and when I say we I say I I mean, me and my sisters experienced our parents growing up through our childhood. So like right now I am 29. I'm going to, I'm turning 30 this year. (laughs) It's wild. (laughs) Um, I can't believe I've been here for 30 trips around the sun. That's crazy to me. But, um, yeah. So my parents were young when they had us compared to some other parents are like of kids my age a lot of their other parents were like you know five ten years older um so my parents had us when they were 25 um 20 actually I think I was born when my my parents were 24 but yeah so like they were quite young still um and experiencing life with young parents is very different from experiencing like your childhood is going to be so very different from someone who has parents who are a little bit older and everything that a child is experiencing is developing their subconscious mind so it's not a matter of like my parents were in the wrong for doing this 
there's always going to be something that a child picks up on in their early childhood years from zero to seven that um, that will impact them as an adult, no matter how perfect, quote, perfect your childhood was, no matter how amazing you think your parents, like, gave you an amazing life or, like, all of that stuff, you've still experienced a lot as a child. And one of those things is seeing how your parents communicate with each other. And that also plays into, like, this modern society's view of love. So if we are seeing our parents argue and fight all the time, no matter if this is, like, a productive adult argument or if this is something that's a little bit deeper, more of a narcissistic empath abusive relationship which could have happened on like both sides like that can happen on both sides of a relationship no matter if the person like actually has narcissistic personality disorder if they're like undiagnosed ADHD if they're like undiagnosed like acute autism or like um like a high functioning higher functioning autistic brain that just like picks up on things a lot differently you know like there's there's so many different things that like adults understand obviously that children don't obviously and like your your subconscious mind is what witnessing so your your childhood brain is witnessing your parents interact with each other and that is showing us no matter if we think about it or not that's showing us what a healthy relationship looks like because we as children look to our parents as like they are you know the ones who brought us into this world so we always are looking at to them as or who like the caregivers the adults that were around mostly we're looking to them for like guidance and context of you know like how to behave how to act how to respond all of these things so having young parents I believe like me and my sisters are very creative because we kind of just like you know we're given some activities and our parents would like do their own thing a lot of the time because there was a lot to do and like especially when you're in your 20s like you are going through a lot mentally physically emotionally and you're also trying to build this future for yourself and your children especially if you had children when you're younger so with all of that being said um love my parents love my family but my view on love is like kind of toxic it's it was um very much so like a give and take of like seeing seeing my mom possibly like gosh I don't know if I want to actually talk about all of these things on my podcast it's just like very personal and 
I keep kind of talking around the subject in more of a, um, like, like, fuck, I cannot think of the fucking word, um, in more of a way, like, that, so basically, um, there was a lot of pressure put on me as the eldest child, the eldest of three sisters in my family to, um, be like the perfect kid and do everything that my parents wanted in the right way that they wanted me to do it. Um, and this is not necessarily like wrong and this is not necessarily something that my parents did that made me a certain way like this this is more so like my karma so I obviously when I say I I mean my soul jumped into my body I picked my parents we all picked our own parents we jumped into our body our um fetus around uh, the second trimester, it's like X amount of days prior to your birth is your design date in human design. And um, we chose our, our path. We chose our family. We chose this. For whatever reason, there's something in this life that we need to learn. And I think for a lot of us in this generation, um, we have similar lessons. I think generations also have lessons. Um that they learn there's there's always some type of karmic teaching in each generation as well as the individual as well as like the family collective um it's really cool to think about just the similarities and differences between each individual's karmic path um yeah so I feel like my my karmic path is definitely sorry I'm recording this in my car right now so there's some traffic um <laughs> but um okay what was I saying okay so my karmic path is very much of like releasing any preconceived notions or ideas about what love is and how things should be and what we should do, and all of these things around love and relationships and partnerships and everything like that. And even, like, on a gender perspective, like, non-binary, friggin' just, you're a human, and you're experiencing life as a human. Please stop telling me who I am and what I am and what I need to do and what I need to look like and all of these things. No, that is not what being human is meant to be about. And I feel like um, there's so much, so many more movements happening where people are becoming a lot more like individualized and that's beautiful and I'm thousand percent for it um and that's just like our generation's karmic pattern or karmic path that we are trying to heal from um and yeah it's beautiful so okay (laughs) 
Um, I jumped into a relationship after relationship. Okay. I literally jumped from relationship to relationship. I have always had a best friend. And if I haven't had a best friend, I've had a boyfriend. And we were basically like best friends. Um, I kind of like will spend a lot of time with one person. And then just like if either they don't want to, they like get bored or I get bored or whatever, like just start spending a lot of my time with another person. <laughs> And, like, sometimes I would jump back and forth between friends, but it would be, like, more of a one-on-one type of thing. And now I'm noticing that that is definitely, like, my projector nature is I really thrive being one-on-one with somebody versus, like, in a big group. Um, Or, yeah, just speaking to one person at a time makes a lot more sense for my brain and my energy. Um but I jumped into um, a relationship kind of quickly after I was getting over my very first like dramatic heartbreak Um, and yeah it was it was a lot quicker than I like expected but we ended up becoming really close um, really great friends and we were together for for a long time we were together through college we got married and um I think we were together for about 10 years total married for two of those years we bought a house together everything was like moving along the path of what I thought I should be doing and all of a sudden And I think being on hormonal birth control for that whole 10 to 12 years that I was up until now, up until then, um, that like definitely changed my perspective on a lot of things and, um, coming off hormonal birth control and coming back to myself and my own hormones, like meeting myself and my own body for the first time was so much more of a spiritual awakening than I thought it would actually be it wasn't about my health anymore it was about my energy and my my peace and my like just happiness overall um and yeah I I never have felt so much more empowered than I did when I finally stopped taking fake hormones Okay, so I've kind of been, like, talking around the subject of, like, my story and my path and applying it to either, like, my family or the collective or, like, my generation, but um, I need to come back and focus on what my story is and how I found human design. So everybody has their own personal journey that they're on, and human design is such a useful tool to be a guide for your authentic energetics that you hold within. It's so cool. Like everyone that I've talked to about human design has told me that they've always found it right at the perfect time. Like like it's not that they were searching for something like what human design is, but what they found was always like way more than they would have expected and that was the same for me um so let's rewind back to the beginning um I kind of dove in a little bit about my childhood 
um, earlier, but I kind of want to talk about getting into like my love life and moving it through like how I perceived love from when I was a child, teenager, young adult, now um, that I'm almost 30. I feel like I can't be a young adult anymore, you guys. <laughs> um, okay, anyways. <laughs> um, okay, so back to the beginning. I had my first kind of um, like best friend platonic partnership when I was in third grade, I want to say. This was um, also kind of a moment looking back now where I would possibly be like identifying as non-binary or gender fluid or bisexual or I don't know, things like that. But I had a best friend in third grade, and we did everything together, um, told each other everything, literally held hands in the hall, like she was my best friend. Fourth grade, I didn't really have like a super close friend per se in my fourth grade class, but there was another girl that I ended up bonding with, like I think we were in the same math group or something like that. Um, and yeah, we just became best friends again. And we ended up being in the same class in fifth grade. And that was so much fun. Our friendship lasted all the way through like college. And she has a family now, beautiful family. And um, we, we don't keep in touch as much anymore. But anyways, my first like romantic boyfriend kind of thing was in um oh my gosh was it eighth grade I think it was eighth grade so I was like 13 and um yeah it was very you know like kiddish we like kissed a couple times and all that stuff but like by high school I was like just kind of ready to move on to the next thing. We didn't go to the same high school. And I got my first like serious boyfriend, first everything together type shit. And he ended up like completely breaking my heart and cheated on me with like some girl from soccer practice or whatever. So that was really traumatic, you know, like being 14, wait, 15? Being 15 years old and experiencing, like, somebody cheating, like, your first boyfriend cheating on you is such a world-shattering experience. You know, like, our adolescent brains haven't fully developed. We haven't experienced that much. Like, that is the end of the world, you know? You lose your boyfriend who you are freaking head over heels for and you're hurt, and you're just trying to figure out, like, what the fuck to do next. So society will kind of tell you for us to move on, you know, like, get over it, move on, blah, blah, blah. So, like, it's still rooted in, like, finding a partner versus 
understanding yourself first and knowing who you are before you find a life partner kind of thing. Um, So I kind of jumped into another relationship pretty quick. And this guy like really liked me and I thought he was pretty cool. So I was like, yeah, sure. Like, let's try this thing. And we ended up going to junior prom together and we started dating. We went to senior prom together. We went to the same college and it was like a pretty decent relationship. You know, we both had our shit that we dealt with, our family stuff that we dealt with. And like we were best friends and we ended up getting married after college, bought a house. You know, like what I was talking about before, having this pressure to be the perfect daughter, I literally felt like I'm I'm the favorite right now. Look at me. I went to college. I got my degree. I'm getting married. I'm going to buy a house. All of this stuff. Like, look, mom and dad, I did all of these things. Like, aren't you proud of me? Obviously, like they were, but it wasn't even about that. You know, like that was my my perception of what I thought that they wanted because of society telling us this and that and just how my subconscious has picked up on everything like from the Disney princess movies of what love is and like how my parents showed me what I thought that what love should be and like all of these other relationships that I like kind of based my life on around me. One thing to also note is that during the whole entire time that I was with my long-term boyfriend, ex-husband, I was on hormonal birth control, just taking a pill every day. Um, Sometimes when you miss it, you like take two or whatever and get super emotional and like freak out a little bit. Like, Nobody really was talking about how hormonal birth control isn't the best option for contraception. Yes, hormonal birth control can help with a lot of other things, but if you're using it for contraception, it can kind of be detrimental in in the future with how your whole entire world operates. We are definitely going to get Green Colleen, my dear friend on an episode to talk all about this. She is a hormone specialist, um, plant-based queen. Shout out Green Colleen. Yeah, she's definitely going to be on another episode soon. She was on the episode in the past, but that was like two and a half years ago. So lots of changed. Lots have changed since then. So excited to have her on again. But um, yeah, so hormonal birth control can definitely be like a huge mood changer for women. So males have a 24-hour cycle where they experience like their whole spectrum of or of hormones. Women have a 28-ish day cycle, give or take a few days, where we experience our full spectrum of hormones. What the pill does is it gives you a dose of hormones for that day or whatever, like if you take it at night or I don't know however it works. Um, but you, you're you going to operate a lot more like a man than a woman because, because you're taking the same hormone pill every day. And even if you're, if you have like the type of birth control where each week is like a little bit of a different dosage, so like you're still trying to feel a little bit more, quote, normal, like a normal 
feminine cycle. It's not. Like, it's all pretend. It's not your hormones. Don't listen to them and follow them like how your how you would your natural body like if you're taking hormonal birth control for xyz like just know that that is healing your body but it's not something that you should listen to like our hormones can tell us a lot about ourselves and our health and like the people we're hanging out with and like how their energy affects us and all that stuff if you're consuming over-the-counter fake hormones, then you're going to have such a different view on the world than if you were experiencing your own authentic hormones, right? When I stopped taking my hormonal birth control, I definitely noticed a big shift in my mood, um, my energy levels, and my attraction to my husband. We were married at this point when I stopped taking them. And I was figure out what I wanted. And I was just living by everybody else's rules. Stopping hormonal birth control was so much more of a spiritual experience for me than anything. Um, also, about the same time when I stopped taking my hormonal birth control, I was transitioning to a more plant-based diet. And that in itself is a very transformative and awakening experience because you're making a conscious decision to stop consuming the flesh of animals, especially mammals. Like we as humans are mammals, so consuming another mammal just doesn't seem like something that is going to be beneficial to you. Like you can get a lot of nutrition and so much, so much other food. So I was transitioning to this plant-based diet and I had just gotten off hormonal birth control and it was very, very eye-opening. A lot of problems that maybe I didn't see as a problem before. I was confused and I was like, yo, we need therapy. And my husband goes, therapy's a waste of time and money. And I was like, fuck, are you serious? So I ended up going by myself um, and I learned a lot in the couple sessions that I booked. I, bu I booked four sessions um, and I ended up going by myself. And it was exactly what I needed in that moment. I still have an online therapist. I actually use BetterHelp, not sponsored yet, but maybe I can get a link for you guys or something. Um, and just having somebody to talk to about all of these things and not feel alone and, and not feel like I'm the only one on the planet going through all of these things is amazing. And just having like having somebody who knows exactly how your brain works and somebody who knows how to ask the right questions. Like that is so important, especially when you're going through a big change in your life. Yeah, it was um, very eye-opening. I ended up making the decision to leave my husband and 
it was really hard because I was the one who decided to leave the marriage before I actually left the marriage. I ended up cheating and I still feel a lot of shame and guilt around that choice that I made. (sighs) But um, yeah, it makes me emotional still just talking about it because like, even though our relationship was kind of over a long time before it ended, I still never wanted it to happen the way it did. And I wish it ended a little bit differently than it did. A lot of bit differently, I guess. Like, it still needed to end and, like, we definitely needed to part ways and, like, start doing our own thing. At least I did. But I just, I really wish it happened differently, you know? After this moment, human design just fell into my lap. And it was like, here, please learn about yourself. You don't know your power. You don't know your energy. You don't know your authenticity. But here it is. It's right here. And once you get, like, your first reading done, you're like, holy shit. I needed this, like, yesterday, all the yesterdays ago. (laughs) So after I got my first reading done, I was like, damn, this is exactly what I want to do. So at that point, I had already started my um, Educating Earthlings business, and it talked a lot about health and focusing on physical health. Um, And like, I talked a little bit about mental health, but it was mostly physical health, taking care of your body, um, eating the right foods, eating enough, not necessarily worrying about like numbers and calories and counting and all of that crap, but just focusing on healthy, wholesome, plant-based goodness. And Um, I started shifting that to like, that is still such a foundation in what high vibe human stands for, but it is so much more of like an all encompassing, all encompassing physical, mental, and spiritual, because you definitely need more than just the physical in your life. Like you, you need more than just a good workout and like three meals a day. You know, you need to have mental clarity and emotional intelligence and you need to understand who you are and like what your energy can bring to a group and what it can bring to a room and what it can bring to your partner and your family and your friends. And all of these things is exactly what human design is and it's exactly what I was looking for that I didn't even know I was looking for. So when human design fell into my lap, it was like my only option at that point. Like I needed it. Um, I started studying it like 
hardcore. And as I'm studying human design, everything else is making more sense. Like, for example, the card that I pulled for you guys today, I am open to love in various forms. When when we are open to love as an energy rather than my relationship with my partner, it is it it just changes how you view the world. The thing is too about all of this stuff is that when we are deconditioning from everything that is not us, it takes practice. So a lot of the times, not a lot of the times anymore, but I still will fall into old patterns. And noticing it is the first thing, obviously. But the next thing is actually doing something about it and not just getting stuck in the process of like, oh my God, this always keeps happening to me. Why is this happening to me? Blah, blah, blah. Poor me, poor me, poor me. Like, good. You're noticing it. Don't stop there. Don't start complaining about shit that you can't control. Do something that you can control. Focus back on what you need to do for you. Take care of your body. Take care of your mind and take care of your soul. Okay, so... Um, I want to talk a little bit about human design pertaining to love and like what shows up in my chart personally that applies to how I've perceived things and how I kind of have created my perception bubble. So um, I do have an open root center and that's going to be the center all the way at the bottom of your chart in the middle. And when it's open, a lot of the times we will feel pressure from the outside to keep pushing us forward. So when I talked about I felt a lot of pressure from my parents to be a certain way and to do things a certain way and to like check all of these things off my list, that was me allowing their energy to push me forward and wherever you have openness in your chart is where you feel energy from others and a lot of the times we can get it confused as like what we want it's more so a way for us to sample the rest of the energy that's available to us in the universe so when we're around other people that have different energies than us different different human design charts than us we are going to feel a little bit different. What it was more so is me putting pressure on myself based on what other people, what I thought other people wanted. So whenever we're feeling like the energy of somebody else or whatever in our, any of our open centers, what we have to do is get out of our headspace, focus back on our body and listen to our strategy and authority. So instead of basing my decisions off of what other people want, I needed to get out of my head and practicing this is hard especially when you have a a habit of people pleasing and just doing what everyone else wants you to do or what you think everyone else wants you to do energy in the moment is so beautiful and powerful 
But you also have to be aware, like so aware that that's all that it is. So practicing non-attachment to how other people's energies make you feel in the moment is very healthy. Having expectations for how somebody is going to make you feel is not healthy. Okay, so another thing about my chart is that I have emotional authority, like I said before. Having emotional authority and detoxing from hormonal birth control is uh, is rough, let me say that. <laughs> you start experiencing so many emotions that you probably haven't felt at all when you were on hormonal birth control. And and this is this is my story again. Um, so don't like apply this to yourself unless you relate to it. Then amazing, I love you. I love you regardless. But <laughs> having emotional authority is a whole entire ride in itself because, like, we're always kind of on this emotional wave, feeling like on the up or feeling like blah and the and down in the dumps, and like. Like, it's all based on internal emotions. It's not as much of, like, this person made me feel this way. It's more like, this is how I'm feeling today, and I don't know why the fuck I'm feeling this way, but, like, it's getting annoying, you know? And what we need to do with emotional authority is not put judgment on what we're feeling and listen to it because that is how our higher self, our soul is speaking to us. Your authority is how your intuition is shown. And it can be hard with emotional authority because you're always riding this wave. But we need to come to emotional clarity before we make any decisions. And waiting for that clarity can sometimes take a lot longer than what we think and society is always telling us to know you know make your decisions right now what do you want what do you want let's do it now when in reality someone with emotional authority never really fully knows like a hundred percent because their emotion they're just riding their emotional wave you know we we can't a hundred percent say for certain that we're gonna feel the same way about xyz tomorrow or in an hour from now another thing in my chart that has um played a role in my the formation of my perception bubble is my open spleen um when you have an open spleen center you have a tendency to hold on to things um for too long like holding on to something that no longer serves you because of you know, you're trying to probably please somebody else in your life. So that's another people-pleasing trait is having an open spleen center. And lastly, um, I have an open headspace. So my headspace and the Anja center, which is like where your third eye is, are both open. And um, that can also lead to a lot of people-pleasing. Open centers probably will lead to people-pleasing. And it's not your fault because that's what society tells us to do. So if you have 
a lot of these tendencies that I'm talking about, I would highly, highly recommend getting yourself a reading. Um, You can apply for a reading on my website. I'll put the link below. If we're a good fit, awesome. We'll schedule something. If I believe that there's another reader out there that is a better fit for you, I can recommend you to some other readers that are out there as well. There's so many great humans that know a lot about all of this stuff. So yeah, book yourself a reading. Um, And my next episode, I really want to get into my experience on psychedelics and psychedelic mushrooms. My experience is very intense and I've had like a few other smaller kind of experiences after this like bigger one. Um, And I definitely went through an ego death. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about that in my next episode. And I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Make sure to follow the podcast, leave a review. I also invite you to send me a voice message through the Anchor app or on anchor.fm. The link for that is in the show notes below. And if you send me a voice message, you can ask me whatever you want to. You can just pop in and say hi. Um, But I can add those directly to my podcast episodes. So you'll be able to be featured on an episode. And yeah, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode all about being open to love in various forms. Join me next week. Um, We're going to talk about my story part two and dive into what I experienced taking psychedelic mushrooms and my ego death. And yeah, it's going to be radical. (laughs) All right. Love you.